Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hey loves, welcome to Clear the Clutter podcast, where I teach you timeless principles to clear out old business and money mindset beliefs that hold you back. Today we're talking about overwhelming expectations. So this is episode number 68, Overcoming Overwhelm. And of course, if you've listened to any of my episodes before, you'll know that I have tons of examples, probably a little too many for you to dive into so that you can take this and put it into action. Um, obviously, if you want to dive deeper into anything I'm talking about today, you can go to margaretstevens.co slash overcoming overwhelm or make it super easy. Click on the link in the show notes and you'll get everything that I'm talking to you about today. So with that in mind, let's get started. So let's address the elephant in the room. It has been a country hot minute since I have dropped an episode. And if you're not on the Clarity Club newsletter, then you might not have realized that um, I was only doing a little bit of emailing here and there, talking about either some promotional things that I was really um, invested in because it like really made a difference for me, or I talked about how I was kind of recuperating. So recuperating in the sense of I went through a mega burnout, and I've done burnout in the past, so this episode and everything that I'm going to talk about is inspired by one of my besties. Um, uh, we send way too many voice memos to each other back and forth. Um, uh, but one of the things that we were talking about was I was just painfully burnt out and I was like, you know, I haven't felt like this in a really long time, not since we were in the depths of things at the shop. And, you know, I, I kept using the phrase over and over again. I feel like my spark is going away. I can't feel my spark anymore. I feel... I feel empty inside, not dead, but like empty, like something was physically stolen. What it felt like physically was like when you have a really bad like chest cold, cause I've gotten a million chest colds in my life. Um, but like when you have a really bad chest cold and you just started like coughing everything out in like the middle of like where your, your boobs are, like in between your boobs hurts because you've just been coughing so hard and like you can feel the cold in there and it's like stuck, right? So that's what I felt like. And I'm like, this is not good. The last time I felt like this was when we had the shop. And you know, the scary part was I thought that I had fixed all of this, right? I thought I had fixed my life enough that I wouldn't hit this level of burnout anymore. Like we were making better money. Um, we had made better decisions. We had, you know, all these things going on. And it's the, the common trope of, well, I had everything going positive in my life. Why am I unhappy? And it wasn't necessarily that I was unhappy, but it was the fact that I still had these lingering beliefs and we'll talk about them so that they can help you too, right? Because I know I'm not the only one with this, but like I still had these lingering beliefs and these lingering things that just kind of like sucked into other parts of my life of where X, Y, and Z didn't feel safe. So back in my 20s, I've talked to 60 something episodes about it, but like back in my 20s, money didn't feel safe. Or if money started to feel safe, then it only could come from a corporate job. It couldn't come from working for myself because that didn't feel safe and then if that started to feel safe then it had to go through all of these hoops and it had to I had to work this level of heart and had to have suffered this much and I I had to put this much in to be worthy of the the bounty the the you know the 
benefit the uh, abundance that was coming my way because if that wasn't happening if that exchange the one-to-one well was never one-to-one let's be honest but like if the exchange wasn't happening then that didn't feel safe so as I kept like I felt like I was chasing this this common thread of okay this no longer feels safe now this no longer feels safe now this no longer feels safe I I finally ended up getting to the point where I I chewed on for several months like resting doesn't feel safe taking vacations doesn't feel safe using up all my pto doesn't feel safe um not having our weekend look like a crazy marathon doesn't feel safe and i honestly like i i have theorized and conversed and i i have no clue where this come from comes from i don't know if it's because i graduated during the worst recession known to man i don't know if it's because of family money legacy issues i don't know if it's because like the area i grew up started out as a decent area and then by the time i left it like uh live live was it live pd no Pasco life. I don't know. My t- my hometown got so bad with drugs, prostitution, and meth. Like literal, like meth, the drug. Like it got so bad with that that there's a whole TV show dedicated to like my neighborhood. <laughs> and like I ended up, I didn't grow up in the ghetto, ghetto, but I grew into the ghetto. Not that I physically did, but like my environment, my homes, my the streets, the places I had literally spent my whole childhood ended up turning into a ghetto and that really screwed with a lot of things that have affected me as an adult um like my the house i grew up in from fifth grade up until i got married um we lived on a super busy road but it wasn't that big of a deal because the road in front was super busy but the area behind us we didn't have backyard neighbors we only had side neighbors was a bird sanctuary so it was like living these two different lives right like in the back it was calm there was birds there was cranes and grass and it was gorgeous there was a lake turtles all the jazz right and then you go to the front and it's like you don't want to get close to the road because there's trash that people will throw out on our our yard all the time um by the time i was in high school uh, like I'm not even jo- I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. There used to be hookers that would walk up and down our street so they could walk to their corner. Like I was a drive-through basically. My street was a drive-through for the hookers to go to their corner. Um, the house that Ben and I ended up buying when we were married and living in in Pasco, in Florida, uh, first couple years was great. It was a nice, quiet neighborhood, and then the the poverty just kept like eating everything that was surrounding us and the apartment complex that was i don't know three four blocks away from us ended up getting to the point where there was six and seven to ten cops every single friday and saturday night arresting multiple people's drug busts all the time um at least once a year they would have barricades throughout the neighborhood because people's cars and houses were getting broken into 24 7 ours got broken into like two or three different times there was a shooting three houses down like the you know, thinking and looking back, I can be like, holy crap, this was a lot, right? So I can understand where this whole thing of not feeling safe came from. The environment, even though, you know, it was the whole like, you know, when you're the the frog or the lobster, no, you're the frog and the water is getting warmer around you to the point where it's boiling you alive, but you really don't recognize it. Now that I've not lived in that environment, I now recognize like, oh, that's not normal to have hookers walking down your street. It's not normal to have you know drug bus three or four blocks away every single night it's not or you know at least once a week it's not normal for all of these things to happen so i can understand where this whole safety obsession came from but what i wasn't conscious of and you can probably hear demon 
in the background. Um, but what I wasn't conscious of was how it was affecting me in different ways because I thought that by living in a complete, you know, we're three hours ish, whatever, south of where we used to live. So I'm in a completely different environment, completely different town. Our, our lifestyle has changed. There's so many things that we have changed and chosen to reinvent. I was, I was thinking that by getting out, and I, I always use that phrase intentionally, like we got out. By getting out, I thought I had left most of that behind. I knew there was some stuff that kind of lingered, but I thought I had left like some of the bad stuff behind. But apparently, again, the safety thing just kind of glommed onto a, a couple of other areas that I just wasn't aware of. So what I want to talk about today is three specific myths, and I can't go into all of the details because if I did, it'd be like a two hour long podcast episode. And unless all all of you start telling me, hey, you want two hour long podcast episodes, like I'm not going to do it. I'm going to try and stay within my sweet spot of 30 to 40 minutes, right? Um, if you want to dive deeper into the myths, I am sending each one of them out as part of the Clarity Club newsletter. Or if you're not on the newsletter, you can click on the show notes and then it'll bring you uh, to my website. And I'm taking each one of those myths and turning them into a blog post too, because I really, I really feel that there's a lot of value in them, right? Um, just if we're looking at the myths themselves. Obviously, if you wanna go even deeper than just the myths and actually fix the problem, because again, it's one thing to recognize a problem, it's another thing to acknowledge the problem, um, and I, those might be two different things, but for me, it's you have to acknowledge you have a problem, then from there, you need to go ahead and feel ready to fix the problem, and then the last thing, at least in my head, is you get support to fix said problem, right? Because it's not always the easiest thing to go ahead and fix things on our own. And I definitely love mimicking other people because it lets me put myself into a different mindset and a different space so that I can try and look at something from a different angle. So if you want all of that, click on the link in the show notes, right? Super easy. Um, but the first myth I want to talk about um, and I actually have these really beautiful pictures too. Like I, I feel um, in the marketing world, they're called ICAs or ideal customer avatars. I made a different, I have five of them. Um, it's a five myth series, which I'm totally obsessed with right now, like fully having a moment. But I have five different women. They're different skin colors. They're, they look differently. They're in different backgrounds, different scenes. I think the only thing all of them have in common. No, I'm looking at the pictures right now. Three Three of them have a hot cup of coffee in their hands. Uh, two of them have, three of them have tablets. Like the fact that they're all women and they look like happy. So that's the thing that's in common. But each one of them is like a representation for me of the myths that we're busting through. So the first one that I'm like fully obsessed with is when vacations with the fam become non-negotiable. So there is a very prevalent and real, you know, I, the re, there's, there's a reason why these myths, these feelings of lack of safety are existing is because there has been times that, you know, we, we have done something and then, you know, you get, a, you know, it sounds cheesy, but you get the clap back or you get the pushback or you get your hand slapped and it's such a, a hard smack and a hard no that you're like, oh God, I never want to do that again. So, and I've talked about this, there has been time for years that Ben and I never could go on a vacation. We were too broke, or if we did, we had to like use my dad's points and my mom's points and do this and do that and, and, and you know, cobble these things together. And while the memory, 
is still beautiful, I can hold two thoughts in my head at one time, right? I can still appreciate the love and the memory that I have with my husband during that vacation. And I can still go back and look at like all of the sacrifice that we had to do and everything we had to create so that that vacation could happen. And it got to the point where vacations just weren't an option. Like the money wasn't there, the sacrifice wasn't there, it didn't matter what we could do, like it just wasn't an option. And when we moved out here into East BFE country poke land, <laughs> you know, like it became a thing where vacations were an option, but they didn't feel safe. So if we took a vacation, it was, it was like, the biggest hurdle to overcome and we started making what was originally not a thing like a thing like it had to be a hurdle we were overcoming we would only take one a year it had to be this and we had to do that and then because both of us you know work for the same company um you know then that means we had to overcome all the work hurdles because we're both managers and it's like well who's going to make this decision while we're gone who's going to make that decision what about our team our team you know we went through so many different employees trying to find the right ones you know we don't have the right team in place so we can't even leave because they can't even answer effing phone call correctly like everything to just do a simple dumb vacation not dumb but like a just a normal vacation where other people thought it was not that big of a deal for us it was a thing and i was like no this this can't be a thing i want to get to the point where vacations with my family whether it is just ben whether it's with my parents which i don't think i've ever um i'm trying to think so i know when i was a kid we would drive to new york to go see family but it wasn't a proper vacation it was just going to see family and again we were so fucking poor that like that was the only options we had um and i know my parents went on a cruise with us when i got engaged um and i think that was the last time i've ever gone on vacation with my parents like i've never if I think about it from a proper vacation, not just going to spend time with family, I have never gone on a proper vacation with my parents. Um, I've gone on a couple of cruises with Ben's parents because like cruises is totally their jam. And I'm fine with it. It's great. Like there's tons of things I can do, tons of things they can do. Everyone's happy. But like I want it to become a point in our life where vacations with my family, you know, and hopefully the kids we have one day, like that becomes a new normal. You know, I, I have these phrases and I'm working on creating some social media um, posts and I'm going to. I'm in the process of working with my amazing VA, Wendelin, to go ahead and schedule this stuff out because if it wasn't for her, a lot of the stuff that goes out online, I just, I wouldn't have the bandwidth to do it. And like, there's a running joke that like bandwidth is my new bingo word <laughs> or like, you know, when the word that someone uses all the time to like, oh, if you say this word, take a shot, like bandwidth is my bingo word. Um, but, it, you know, I want, I want to have this mindset of I'm, you know, in my head, it's you go from I'm no longer available, which means you're trying to shift your energy to I can't even imagine. So I'm trying and I'm working and I'm unearthing all the stupid little safety issues of I can't even imagine not taking a vacation with my family. I can't even imagine not having a vacation with my family as normal. Like, what do you mean? The sun comes up, the sun goes down, I go to sleep, I, I take showers, like, like, how do you, what do you, like, I can't even fathom not taking a vacation with my family. So that's one of the myths I wanted to like bust. Like when you are overwhelmed, when you feel like you are backed into a corner, whether it is because of 
your job, your finances, a sick family member, you've stretched yourself way too thin and you've like overcommitted yourself 15 ways to Sunday. Like the only way you get that extra energy to keep up all of the bullshit that you're forced to do at that point is by sacrificing yourself. And again, one of the things is vacations. Another thing, another myth that you end up sacrificing is PTO. So the place of where you'd want to end up is, you know, when using all of your PTO is the new norm. And again, it, it goes back to that I'm no longer available to not use my PTO to I can't even effing imagine not using my PTO. I like, what do you mean? I, I, I lose days off for the year and get don't get paid for it. What do you mean? I can't you know, I, I try and just cash it in because it's easier to cash it in than to take the time off. What do you mean? that I think it's okay to sacrifice my body, my health, and my mindset, and just time for a job that at the end of the day, unless your name is on the company, I don't care how well they treat you, like that's not your company, that's not your job, you don't have final say. And and you know, there's all these myths and, and, and kutramas and hootenannies and all of these, you know, all my crazy words, right? Um, all these things that go into like your PTO. You know, I know so many people that they have so much PTO, they never take it. And I'm one of them, right? The only reason why I started taking my PTO, and this is so embarrassing, but like the only reason why I started taking my PTO is because my company said you have a use it or lose it policy. So for the past couple of years, the PTO that we've earned, we just rolled over and rolled over and rolled over. You know, part of it was we really didn't have that great of staff. And then the other part of it was we were willing to accept that you know, we're busy, we're overwhelmed, the, you know, COVID's going on, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to do with my downtime anyway? Maybe I don't even deserve downtime. So screw it. Let me not take my PTO. And I'm like, you know what? No, I don't care at this point. If the world is on effing fire, I'm going to take PTO. I don't even have to go anywhere or do anything or spend any money. You know, the past couple of days, uh, PTO that I have taken, I've taken it and I like one day I decided to just randomly get up and go to Ikea. And I'm like, okay, that was it. That was the entire intention. I went, I spent like a hundred bucks on meatballs and spent like four hours wandering around Ikea and then drove home. And that was my PTO day. Another one, I, I slept in until almost noon. Um, another one, I, I worked on some stuff for the website. Like it, it doesn't have to be these big overarching, you know, things that we do and like, oh, if it's not this grand thing, if it's not something I have sacrificed for, therefore I can't do it. Cause that's the same thread between vacations and PTO, right? Like that's a myth. That's not true. And the other part of it too is like, you know, when you're overwhelmed, when you're backed into a corner, you go from overwhelmed to burnout. And I'm, I'm fidgeting in my chair, but you can't hear it because I bought a new chair that doesn't squeak. So I'll have to like enter, I don't know, enter squeaks here, right? Um, anyone that's been listening to the last 60 something episodes, like you know that like shit's getting real when my chair squeaks because that means I'm starting to fidget and like be like, okay, babe, listen, here we go. But like overwhelm, and burnout, it really comes down to this one point. Overwhelm and burnout are no longer required. And, you know, that might be a very bold statement. Had someone said that to me in my 20s, I would have been like, listen here, bitch. 
Like, you don't know my life. You don't know the struggles we're going through right now. You don't know our financial circumstances. You don't know the pressure that's on me. You don't know that I'm trying to get out of the ghetto, not stay in the ghetto anymore. Like, you don't know. How dare you tell me that burnout and overwhelm are no longer required? And you know, if that is you right now, then here's here's how I would answer that, you know, from, you know, 30-year-old Maggie to 20-year-old Maggie. 30-year-old Maggie, I'm not actually 30, but 30s-ish Maggie, right, would tell that woman, that person, 20-year-old Maggie, that part of it is a state of mind. And then the other part of it, it's almost like a 60-40, right? Um, so 60-ish, 40-ish percent of it is a state of mind. And then the other part of it is how you set up your life. So do I acknowledge that there was times where we were super, super, super broke? Yes, I've, I've talked a ton about it, probably almost a little too much maybe, you know? But like, it, it's, it's, it's a two-part problem. Only fixing one part of the equation doesn't fix it. And I guess that's the point I'm, I've always been trying to get across. It's like, you can't, and here comes the bad analogies, right? Like you can't, um, oh, Ben Ben says this one and it's really good. What is it? It's like you can't cut off, what is it? If the hands got gangrene, and I know this isn't his, but he says it around the house all the time. If the hands got gangrene and you cut off the finger, it doesn't matter. That's not good enough. Like you have to solve the actual problem. And that's what I, I feel like when it comes to overwhelm and burnout, you actually have to solve the problem. Yes, you'll have the crisis moments of what's going on right now. And, and that might mean you don't have enough money. That might mean you have a really shitty boss. That might mean you have, you know, committed yourself to too many things. And that could, you know, that doesn't even mean if you have to have kids, like that's a whole nother level of, of, Kutramas and responsibilities and obligations if you have kids like you know regardless of what all of that is like you can really be in that but the other part of the equation the other part of the problem is that you have to start consciously actively you know building and that's Earl of the latest baby a fur baby I should say uh trying to eat something in the background <laughs> um but you have to actively start building a life that takes you off of this path. It's not going to happen in a day. It might not even happen in a week. And sometimes it does. Like sometimes there has been times where Ben and I will like burn it. We call it burn everything in the, to the ground. Like we don't actually burn anything, right? But we tell everyone, no, we, we quit jobs. We start new companies. We move out to Okeechobee um, and leave Pasco and everything else that we know. Like we are willing to get rid of it all except the fur babies because never the fur babies but like get rid of it all to have a clean slate and start over and I think both parts of the equation are what is required you know so the one thing I wanted to the lot well let me rephrase the last point I wanted to point out the last myth I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit was like weekends not looking like a marathon anymore um you know we had gotten to the point we were starting to use our PTO. We had gotten to the point where we were taking at least a, a family vacation once a year. Um, but our weekends, like we, we said this for almost a year now, our weekends are so busy that it's more restful to be at work than it is to be at home on the weekends. Like we would do two, three, four, five, six, seven different projects, work 10, 12, 15 hour days on the weekend. So we 
uh, get out of work at like four or five o'clock-ish on Saturday. So we still have Saturday evening. And then you have all day Sunday and all day Monday, right? Because we work a Tuesday through Saturday schedule. So we would cram as much as we could into on Saturday night and then on Sunday and then on Monday. And like the weekend really became a marathon. It didn't feel safe to rest. It didn't feel safe to, and I use the word safe, but like it didn't feel like we were allowed. It didn't feel like if we stopped that um, everything that we were trying to work for would just like just disappear. You know, it felt like we were holding on to mist sometimes. And so to hold on to all of that mist, we were running around on the weekends and making our lives look like a marathon, like our like crazy people, right? And again, it goes back to none of that is required if A, you're willing to change your environment. And that might not mean moving. Like I can change my environment just by changing my office furniture. I can change my environment just by changing my mindset. I can change my environment by putting up quotes in my, my office and in the bathroom and in the closet and you know on the steering wheel in my car. Like there's tons of ways to change your environment. So it's like none of this is required if we are willing to change our environment and we're willing to just acknowledge what's going on and that we want to not do this anymore. Um, the overwhelm is not required. The burnout is not required. Being burnt out, like I, I have made a pledge that this last burnout period is my last burnout period ever. And I know that that is a very bold statement. And obviously, if something happens, you know, it, it, here's the difference, right? So God forbid Ben gets super sick again, or I get super sick, or a family member gets super sick, and something catastrophic happens that is out of my control. The reason why I can say that this last burnout period is my is my last is because I understand now how to take care of myself. I understand now how to go ahead and start to balance the things that are coming into my life. I understand now how to go ahead and build, a, I'm obsessed with roadmaps lately and wheels. I, I sound like a super dork, but like I'm obsessed with wheels, right? So I am conscious, I am active, I am willing, I am intentionally building a wheel so that different parts of my life are all quote unquote balanced out. And that doesn't mean that like I don't do anything. Like I still work my 40, 50 hour a week job. We still do stuff on the weekends. We just ended up getting a cow um, that I have I have bottle fed since it was 12 hours old. And now he's three months old and starting to become like a, a, a back pasture cow. And he doesn't like it because he thinks he's a dog. But like we still have stuff on our plate. Like life still exists, but it's the it's the two part fold, right? It's the mindset of this last burnout period was my last one forever. I will no longer ever allow myself to be backed into a corner where I am burnt out to this level. Um, and it got so bad, like the burn. So when I talk about the burnout, right? The burnout was so bad, and this is not a competition. This is just my experience. It was so bad that like I had enough energy to like coast at work. I had enough energy to um, sleep as much as I could, you know, going to bed at like nine o'clock, sometimes 8.30 was like the new norm. It was almost a form of depression. And I, I hesitate even using that, that phrase because while I felt like I was on the cusp of going into depression, I've seen what depression looks like for other people and it wasn't it wasn't that scary, but it felt like I was, look, I was standing at the edge of a cliff, like the, the Grand Canyon, and the depression is the canyon itself. And I felt like I was standing at the cliff of the Grand Canyon, 
looking down and saying like, wow, depression is one step away. Like I am truly one gust of wind, one shove, one horrible comment, one backstabbing thing from work away from falling into this abysmal canyon of depression. And I just stopped everything. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it up anymore. I couldn't do it all anymore. Like I, I, I slept a ton. I just read some romance novels. And even then where I'm normally reading 150 to 200 books a year because I, I deeply love it and enjoy it. Like I slowed my pace of reading down where a book would normally take me, let's say three or four days. It was taking me two or three weeks. Um, I really just, you know, just stopped everything. And I'm like, I, I, I need space. I need space. I need time. And I started doing all of these little practices because I was like, I can't stay like this forever. Like at first I was like, okay, well, let me just take a break. And I just clearly, I need a break. And if I take a break, then it'll all be fixed and it'll all go away because this is only happening because I need to take a break. And then when like month two kicked in and I'm like, oh my God, this is not going away. Like I still feel just as bad as I did two months ago. This is, this is clearly not sustainable. And this is a little scary. Like, oh my God, like I don't want to have to go back to therapy. I don't want to have to go back to do this. I don't want to have to go back to do that. I don't want to lose all this time. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to feel crunchy on the inside. So I started experimenting with all of these little things that felt sustainable and easy and didn't cost anything so that I could start to move myself out of this space. And it was, it wasn't tough. The hardest part was like learning how to take care of myself again, you know, learning how to, when I'm tired, doesn't matter. I'm going to bed. When I am frustrated, I, I, I figure out how to get my point across versus bottling it all up inside. When I feel like a boundary has been crossed, I have learned probably 50 new different ways, work appropriate and non-work appropriate. Some of them, some of them involve, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> but like I've, I've experimented with tons of different ways to like let someone know they've crossed the line or they're pushing against something or whatever. But like, it was a couple month experiment of how do I get out of this place? And then from there, I was talking with my girlfriend and I was like, okay, I, I'm finally feeling better. Like I was even, you know, we, we send voice memos to each other like once or twice a day at least, right? Sometimes four and five and six times a day. And that's on top of pictures and videos and all that stuff. And like, I was maybe sending one a day. Like I was completely not myself. And so I was, I was documenting this with her um, just so I had someone that was listening. And the other part of it too was that I could go backwards. So like if something worked, like I could flag it and go backward and listen to my own voice memo to be like, wait, what did I do that worked, right? Because sometimes it was, it was so foggy that I couldn't remember what was working and what wasn't because it was just so, I was so in the middle of it. Um, but as I started to get out of this horrible, crunchy, spark losing soul sucking place i was like okay how do i build how, how do i take this mindset that i've used with money right i i've gone from money doesn't feel safe to i can't earn money to i'm comfortable earning money to to every evolution iteration to now learning and feeling and breathing into what the what does a wealthy woman look like for me right I've gone from nothing to this wealthy woman energy. And I was like, I wanna do the same thing with burnout. So I started 
documenting it and I started testing it and I started doing all of these little things. And what I ended up doing is I ended up creating a four audio course just documenting this. And I actually used PTO. There was one day I, I was starting to take notes on how I was doing this and what I was doing and, and what was working and what wasn't working. And I'm like, you know, I really, I kept feeling this urge. It felt like my muse was standing. I, and I've talked about this before. My muse is standing behind me and she's tapping me on the shoulder and she's like, you need to record this. You need to record this. You're in the middle of it. I don't care what else is going on in your life. You need to record this. So I took a PTO day and it was like, I don't know, like a Thursday or some crap like that. I took a PTO day and I made sure all the babies were nice and tired so they wouldn't make jangles in the background. And I recorded all of it. I recorded the process of how I got my place out of such, myself out of such a dark place and what I was doing going forward. And then I think like maybe a week later, I ended up adding... I think this is module number four off the top of my head. And I don't want to like change my screens because God forbid I actually click a button and I lose this audio, right? But like I want to say it's module number four is, um, actually, let me go back. I can click. Clicking won't hopefully break everything. But there's one specific module while I am totally clicking because it sounds like I'm not prepared and that's okay. Like life is real sometimes and sometimes you forget the sequence of stuff. But like, there we go. Yeah. Um, audio number four. So the first audio is stopping the noise and like what it looked like to just put everything on pause. And then it was like, how do you get out of this place once you've put everything back on hold? And then like the third one is how do you rebuild a life so that you don't get back to this horrible, burning, crunchy, soul sucking, spark losing place. Right. And then audio number four ended up being, um, I call it divinely inspired, but like audio four was inspired um, by all of the health related issues we have gone through, uh, Ben and I. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily feel comfortable because it's not just my story to tell. So I, I will leave it at that. Um, but all of the terrifying, soul sucking, like almost becoming a widow, horrific health issues that we have gone through um, during the first four or five years of our marriage. Mind you, I'm also 19, 20 to 24-ish when all of this is happening. So <laughs> extra whammy because I don't have the emotional intelligence to handle all of this and I'm getting everything that you could possibly imagine thrown at me. So I, I recognized that there was coping skills and mechanisms that when you're burned out, but you have to take care of someone else. Like you can't just stop because like that other person is reliant on you. And you know, that can come from a place of not necessarily, like everyone always thinks that when you're in that space, it's because you're a parent. It's like, no, you're not because you're a parent. Like it's because someone else for whatever reason, whether it's age, medical, health, crisis, mental, you know, someone else is clearly needing to rely on you because out of the two of you, you are the stronger person. And audio number four and that one like I tried so I don't I don't think I cried in that one I hope I didn't I probably did because it's me and you know that I cry on audios but like I tried so incredibly hard to give every single thing I did when we were going through you know the, the super 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 dark and scary places all of the coping mechanisms all of the skills all of the things I did to survive that time like that's all of audio number four because I felt like overwhelm and burnout it happens to you, but it can also like 
be because you have to support someone at a whole another level that sometimes is a little exhausting. And when you are a caregiver and that type of capacity, whether it's caring for yourself or caring for someone else, you know, it, my life would have, let's put it this way, my life would have been a lot easier had I had a resource to turn to when we were going through all of these health issues. It would have been so much easier to be able to turn to a resource and be like, okay, I'm drowning right now, you know, and I have to be the strong one out of the two of us. What the, what the fuck do I do? You know, there's no one I felt like I could ask for advice. And I felt like, you know, anyone that was going to give me advice was just going to be like, oh, well, just pray about it. I'm like, well, that's not working. <laughs> I'm doing it and it's not working. Oh, just take a nap. Well, I can't because of blank, blank, blank. Like I had no real resource of how to get through it. And I just bumbled and stumbled and bounced off walls, metaphorically, you know, in, in getting through all of this. So, you know, I was talking with my girlfriend and I told her, I was like, you know, I don't want to be the burnout queen anymore. You know, I, I have a couple of girls that, you know, and I think I've talked about this in the past, um, years and years and years ago, I joined a program, um, and it was the scariest thing I've ever done back then because it was $2,000 and it was the most money I'd ever spent on anything that wasn't college. <laughs> um, I joined the program and ended up making this relationship with these three other women. And I have been, and we're all different ages, right? We live in different parts of the world. We have different religious backgrounds, political backgrounds. Um, we all just have in common the fact that we want to better ourselves and our family. And we figured out how to find each other. And I have been friends with these women. I've gone on vacation with them. I've been friends with these three other women for, oh my God, seven, seven, eight years at this point, something like that, like something retarded, right? Um, and they, thank God, during the last really big burnout phase, they were there and they were so helpful. They were so incredibly helpful. And it was like, I wanted to channel that energy again. I wanted to channel that safe environment of, you're supported. I totally understand, you know, that you're in a shitty spot right now. But here's the other part of how do we how do we make it so that you never have to go back there? How do we make it so that you build proper support in your life? You build proper roadblocks in your life. You build proper barriers. You learn how to deal with the confrontation. You learn how to take care of yourself in the middle of a crisis because you have to be strong for someone else. How do you do all of that? And like that's what I spent the last couple of months doing. And that's why I've been off the radio, off the podcast waves. Um, I needed to figure out how to take care of myself. And part of it too was to be perfectly honest, I wanted to document this. So God forbid I ever started to slip, I could pause and take my own freaking advice because sometimes you can do something and you can do something really, really well and then you can get cocky and you can kind of forget. And I never wanted to forget. Like I truly meant it when it was like this is the last time I'm burnt out I really 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 meant it and I know that this is not necessarily a typical audio um I I, I know that there's no journal prompts involved which you know me I love me a good journal prompt right um all of that is in the container of the course overcoming overwhelm um stop burning from stop bouncing from burnout you know, to overwhelm or whatever for good. Like it, it's all in that container um, intentionally because I needed a big enough 
metaphorical space that I didn't feel like, well, you know, oh, let me, we'll send them this post. Cause I, I get your emails. I get your DMs. Um, I, I love that. I'm not gonna lie. I deeply love my emails that you guys send me or gals, I should say, send me, but like, you know, I, and every time any one of you reach out, like I, I love it. I feel honored. I feel grateful. And you know, I, I respond and I send you this one link and this one resource and it, it felt so scattered and I didn't want this particular thing to feel scattered anymore. That's why it's all within this one container. And I love that word, right? Because in my head, the container can grow and grow and grow, but it's all in this one container. And I totally plan on adding to it. Like I, I already have the idea. What I was thinking of is the launch is going on right now, hence why I have the podcast audio going out for it. Um, the Clarity Club newsletter team already knows that the pre-sale ends on the 21st and then the price will go up. Um, but one thing I wanted to do for like one of my pre-sale bonuses is I really wanna create an audio that talks about hustle culture and how, how work I love work. Like I deeply love work. I love working. I think about work all the time. I think about strategizing and optimizing. And what about this? And what about that? And I could create this resource and, you know, I can create this Google document. So like, I love, I love, I love, I love work, but there's a difference between work and hustle culture. And there's a difference between work, hustle culture and toxic hustle culture. So it's totally wanting to record that module that audio training live so anyone that joins as part of this first round of overcoming overwhelm will get to be part of that live training because i'm just so excited to do that one live um and then have that obviously be in the um the container of overcoming overwhelm but yeah that really this last several months i think it's almost six months at this point really inspired everything that's gone on it was the as Danielle Laporte loves to say the dark night of the soul and then it was the evolution of how to get out of it and then it was the honest very honest conversations I had with myself of okay well how do we never do this again you know because I love to be able to grow and move on to different things, not have to relearn the same issue over and over again. I learned that, ironically, I learned that one the hard way. When the universe is trying to get my intention, it starts out with little nudges, then little pebbles, then bigger pebbles, then boulders. Then it feels like a freaking crane is coming and sideswiping me and just crushing me, right? So I'm like, okay, clearly the crane came out and crushed me because I was not paying attention. So here I am stopping and paying attention. So like I said, everything, the whole energy of all of that is in the container. How I went through and took all of the myths I was talking about and busted through all of them are in the container. All of that is in that for you. And I would be deeply grateful if you checked out the course. If you have any questions, you know the routine, go ahead and either DM me or send me an email and I will happily get back to you. I don't care when you listen to this. Obviously, I'd love to have you as part of the, the launch before the end of the year because um, the launch closes November 30th. The pre-sale price um, ends the 21st. So obviously, I'd love to have you as part of that. But, you know, if you're listening to this five years from now and you have a question, email me. That's literally what I'm here for. Um, and I, I deeply love your emails and I love your DMs. Like, I'm getting back into a better space with social media. And part of it is because of the burnout. So, like, I really am enjoying having the conversations with you all. So thank you so incredibly much for listening to today's episode. I am beyond honored and grateful and 
just so much so much love that you you've listened this long to me and that you are trying to implement some of the things that I've gone through so that you don't have to go through it as hard um and if you want you're more than welcome to tag me in any of your posts if you're listening to me on a walk in the kitchen I don't care (laughs) in the tub tag me because I, I would just love to I would love to honor that and honor you at the same time um if you have any questions, you know, obviously everything is always going to be done first through the Clarity Club newsletter, um, pre-sale prices, bonuses, secret giveaways, little things that I do all the time. All of that always goes through the newsletter first um, or the DMs. So especially Instagram or Facebook, because I, I, I love both. Right. So either newsletter or DMs is where I am hanging out the most lately. So any questions, I'd love to hear from you. And here is to making this last burnout phase your last one for good. Have a good one. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.